this scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on January 16, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Holy Gospel for the second Sunday of the Epiphany is written in the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, O Lord. This is our introduction just after Jesus has called his disciples to himself. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had, come from, had become wine, he did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become rather drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Now Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. What a disaster! The whole town's been invited to your daughter's wedding. A few outsiders as well. When, halfway through the celebrations, the wine runs out. Fortunately, two of your guests, Mary and her son Jesus, are present. Somehow, they know what has happened even before you do. Most importantly, they are concerned for you and the success of the wedding celebration. Without you asking her to do so, Mary approaches Jesus and says, "He surely what he should would he surely would have already known. Not because he could no longer get a drink, but he just knows everything. They have no more wine. Mother and son obviously communicate on a level that's not so apparent to us. There is some kind of secret knowledge between them." Without actually asking or directing Jesus to help, Mary places the ball in the court. She knows he is able to help, but even as his mother, she claims no authority over him. And Jesus, without any disrespect, states that even her subtle approach wasn't appropriate at that time. Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. What hour is that? 
the hour to reveal his glory as being the son of God. It's a bit open-ended, but I think that's what it means. What an intriguing conversation. Though she had no right to ask him to act in this very worldly manner, something minor like wine, Jesus chose to honour both his mother and father. And what follows is an example of our Saviour's generosity, his supplying us with the very best gifts in great abundance despite our not deserving them. And he did so at the wedding, completely avoiding any fuss or self-glory. Just a few people noticing. And of course, at the end, we know that the, his disciples knew about it. And they believed in him. What's the fuss about wine? Some of you may not think this is a very important thing in your life, whereas others it's very um, central to daily life. Wine is a symbol for Israel of the, of the bounty of the land that God gave them, that, la- that land that God blessed and would produce things that were more than just daily staples of life, like wheat for bread. When they were in Egypt as slaves, there was no wine on their tables. They were being taken to a land, a promised land of milk and honey, For cities that they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant would be theirs. And God blessed that land. The earth, after the fall, no no longer gave the way it used to give. Mankind had to work hard to get it to produce, to battle with it with weeds and a lot more effort to make it produce. And so you, you battle just to get a living, but grapes... And figs, those are special delights, things that you can't live on every day, but which are a symbol of God's extra um, providence to you. Something that you didn't need to struggle with, but actually was a bounty for celebration. Wine is very important for the Jewish people, not just for that uh, the land is producing something that gives them joy, but it's a it's a symbol, particularly at weddings, of blessing. At a, at a wedding, wine is used to toast the couple and bless them. Just as at the Passover meal, Jesus took the final cup, the cup of blessing. In other religions, wine was poured out as libations to God's, whereas God gives us those, the joy of something like wine, the fullness of life. So that's a symbol of what really wine really means here. And Jesus was very generous in giving that occasion the very best of wine. This miracle turning water into wine left the guests confused as to why the finest of wines would be served towards the end of the celebration. That's great for them, but it raises the question, does God care about us when we run out of things? Does God care for us when we run out of things? When the pantry's getting a bit empty, we can't get that rapid antigen test. Well, whether it is wine at a wedding or some other need we have, Jesus is more than willing to supply help and often in the most surprising ways as he did that day. 
Much has been made of his mother's, mother Mary's intercession, although his name is not even used in this text, is it? We just assume that we know that everybody knows what his mother's name, but she's just referred to his, as his mother. Mary's intercession at the wedding at Cana is often made much of, as if for us to get something from God, we perhaps should approach her first, pray to her, and she will put the uh, hard word on her son <laughs> to do the right thing. But no, no, we've been made children of God. Jesus is our saviour, our brother. We are encouraged to speak to him directly. Yes, she did approach her son, but it's made clear in the text that Jesus responded out of his own concern for the situation, not from out of obligation to his mother. In fact, he was concerned that it wasn't his time to reveal his glory. And perhaps doing something with wine wasn't actually the, you know, so spectacular. No one was healed that day by it. But some came to believe in him. Jesus came as a servant, with a servant's heart. He came to serve the whole world with much, a much greater need to be free of sin of condemnation rather than the fact that sometimes the wine runs out. And he did it with a great cost to him, personal cost to himself. But that does not negate his concern for the little disasters in any of our lives. Yes, he came to do a much greater miracle for us and give us much greater blessing than wine, but he is concerned about the little things in our lives. What others may consider not a big enough issue to bother the master with, well, Jesus actually responded that day. Jesus would have us approach him with confidence about even the simple things in our lives that, we, that cause us worry or anxiety. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And again, we're told in 1 Peter, cast all your concerns upon him, for he cares about you. Does God care when things run out? Most certainly, because he cares for us. He cares for the life of sinners. He cares for the church and for the people of every nation. Jesus is concerned for you and your struggles. He knows the pain of human living. He experienced a world of injustice and inequality of resources and power. He came to give us hope and a restoration that not only brings justice and equity, but also gives us great joy. We can celebrate in joy knowing Jesus as our saviour and, and having peace with God, which was never known before. Never known before. We have something greater than what Adam and Eve had. We are the children of God, not just his creatures. He has called us to his new kingdom as his dear children. And of course, he is concerned for us. He did this first miracle with wine, which healed no one, done so quietly in the back room with the servants, without drawing attention to himself, and yet it was a display of Jesus' glory, and his disciples believed in him. Hence it's an epiphany lectionary for us. God revealed his, Jesus to be his son in his baptism, as in the readings last week. Today, Jesus shows himself to have power from God. He is God even in this small miracle, a small gathering. 
Though at times his disciples would express confusion and doubt about Jesus, they were actually always in the presence of the bridegroom. The era of being in a new relationship with God had dawned. God is with us, Emmanuel. He shows his care for each one of us. His disciples were not expected to fast. Instead, they were to celebrate because Jesus was with them. He didn't call them servants, but friends. And like the quality of the wine served towards the end of the wedding, the best for us is yet to come. No matter our age or past achievements, the service and service that we've given, God has something better than we've ever tasted in store for us. That heavenly feast. And many gifts in this life too that will astound us. Jesus does far more than just wash feet. By the shedding of his own blood, Jesus makes us clean. By his grace, he shares his righteousness with us through baptism. He serves and shares his coming kingdom with us where there will be no lack or want. Now, there's some references here, I guess, are parallel to the 23rd Psalm. We will not be in want. There will be no running out. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. I will not be in need. And by giving his name to us, Jesus directly invites us to ask for good things directly to him. Perhaps that's why Mary's name is not written in that gospel that we've heard this morning. It's about Jesus. Call on Jesus. We will get everything, will we get everything we ask for when we call upon Jesus' name? Will our wine cellars never be empty? Well, there's no guarantee, but we are to ask and to know that he cares and knows our needs and his mercies are new every morning. His time has come now. At that day, he said, my time is not now. But his time has come. He is our victorious risen Lord. He's done all things. And he's coming still. In our present life, Jesus lays a feasting table, a table of victory before us in the presence of our enemies. Even in the midst of, of great anxiety and distress, of uncertainty in this world, he has laid a victory table before us and our cup overflows with the very best wine or cordial as it might be. Yes. Despite any physical dep deprivations in this world, empty pantries of even the most basic of commodities or even the wine of celebration in these days, our hope... Our joy and our future remains full and secure in his presence and the promises he has made to us. The bridegroom is with the church always and we should always be celebrating. If our love and our compassion for the poor and the needy, if our zeal for worship and sharing the good news ever runs low and in need of renewal, then we know who to ask, to confess to him and to ask for him to renew us. He pours out the Holy Spirit on the church with the gifts of faith, hope, love, and joy. These are the things he delights to give in great measure. 
So what is he prompting you to ask for this day? So I've already mentioned a few times, I ask him often to renew peace and patience within me. That sometimes often, or often runs low in my life. You can ask, knowing his care for you. And the peace of God that passes human understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus forever. The one who supplies us with every good thing. Amen. Amen.